A nationally recognized law enforcement training center known as the Advanced Law Enforcement Rapid Response Training Center, Texas State University, says now that an officer in Uvalde could have killed the gunman and saved the lives of the children and the teachers down there at Robb Elementary School. But instead of shooting him when he had a chance, he asked for permission. Uvalde police officer saw the gunman carrying an assault-style rifle outside the school. The officer did not fire at him. Instead, the officer asked a supervisor for permission to be able to fire at him. Please give me permission. Please allow me to do so. The officer turned to get the confirmation from his supervisor. When he turned back, the suspect was gone. According to the Advanced Law Enforcement Rapid Response Training Center, a reasonable officer, upon hearing the gunshots and seeing someone approaching the school with a rifle, would have concluded the use of deadly force was warranted. Remember, the killer fired his weapon outside of the school. We've all seen the video of him walking across the schoolyard with the weapon clearly visible. The officer saw this, but instead... The officer saw him in his sights, but instead of pulling the trigger, he asked if he could pull the trigger. This echoes previous reporting that the door to the classrooms, 111 and 112, was uh, unlocked. When the gunman entered and fired on the children and the teachers, the rooms were supposed to have been locked, but they were unlocked. After taking fire outside of the classrooms, police retreated to opposite ends of the hallway and waited for more than an hour before they killed the gunman. The report went on to say it does not appear that any officer ever tested the doors to see if they were locked. The report says, as we described earlier, we do not believe the door to room 111 was locked. Now the wait kept on and on, despite the fact numerous 911 calls were coming from a child inside the classroom. The report has outlined how the response by law enforcement, Chief Pedro Pete Arredondo, whom DPS said was the incident commander, ignored basic training principles designed to save lives during a mass shooting. The report highlighted the lapse of time. It was one hour, 11 minutes, 26 seconds. That was the amount of time that passed when officers took cover until the moment the suspect was killed. One hour. 11 minutes and 26 seconds, and the officers were cowering in the hallways. During this time, the officers, who were equipped with weapons, ballistic shields, and armor, they did not create an immediate action plan. According to the report, the plan could involve shooting at the gunman through the windows in the center of the classroom, breaking into the classrooms through the exterior windows, or both at the same time. But none of those actions were ever taken according to the report. The report says, while it would have taken a few minutes to coordinate and execute any of these actions once the officers retreated from the rooms, two to three to five or even ten minutes to do so would have been preferable to the more than an hour it took to ultimately assault the room. 
The report also said a reasonable officer would have considered this an active situation and devised a plan to address the suspect, even if the suspect was no longer firing his weapon. His presence and prior actions were preventing officers from accessing victims in the classroom to render medical aid. Then at about 11.31 a.m., a video captured the gunman crouching between two cars in the parking lot of the west side of the school. At that same time, a Uvalde CISD officer drove through the parking lot at a high rate of speed and drove right by the gunman. Drove right by him. Drove right by him. The report says if the officer had driven more slowly or had parked his car at the edge of the school property and approached on foot, he might have seen the suspect and been able to kill him. But after slipping past the Uvalde officer who failed to shoot, the killer entered the school at 11.33. Less than a minute later, he entered the door of the classrooms and began shooting. Oh, he tried the door. The officers didn't try the door, but he did. How badly can you screw something up? How badly can you screw something up? About three minutes later, three Uvalde police officers, one with external armor. Remember, we were told, oh, they didn't have any armor. That's why they had to wait for an hour. No, no, no. They showed up with external armor. Two had concealable body armor. Two had rifles. And three had pistols. They came in the building. They were followed by four more officers, as well as Uvalde police officers and a Uvalde CISD officer equipped with three extra body armor carriers and one with concealable body armor and pistols. Plenty. You had plenty of firepower. You had plenty of protection for those officers. Lots. Plenty. Plenty. The gunman fired at the officers as they approached the classrooms, injured two of them with stuff that came off the wall, like, you know, paste and paint that came off the wall. The officers fell back to opposite ends of the hallway, which that's another bad thing to do. Why? Because you're at opposite ends. <laughs> now you're going to be shooting at each other. None of the officers touched the doors. By splitting up, says the report, the officers aired. They could have created a crossfire situation in which officers from both teams would have opened fire, resulting in a high likelihood that officers at either, one of the hall, either end of the hallway would have killed each other. For another hour, police from various agencies moved in and out of the hallway, accumulating weapons and ballistic shields, yet not entering the classrooms. Even as the gunmen continued to fire rounds, the officers were walking in and out of the hallway, according to the report. And at 12.15 p.m., a Border Patrol tactical unit arrived at the school. It is common for tactical operations to be turned over to tactical operators upon their arrival, according to the report. However, it appears the control of tactical operations was not given to the tactical operations on the scene. And from 12.21 to 12.34, Arredondo and a Uvalde officer stood in the hallway discussing how to get into the classrooms. Hey, what do you think we ought to do? Well, I don't know. We got keys. You want to test the keys? Yeah, I think we ought to test the keys. Probability of the door being locked, and if the kids and the teachers are dying or dead, was another topic of discussion. Officers finally entered the classrooms at 12.50. Alert teaches that first responders, their main priority in an active shooter situation, stop the killing and then stop the dying. For police, the first priority above the safety of the officers, this is what they're trained is to preserve the lives of the victims. Disordering means that we expect officers to assume risks to save innocent lives, according to the report. 
Responding to an active shooter is a dangerous task. There is a chance that officers will be shot, injured, or even killed while responding. This is something that every officer should be acutely aware of when they become a law enforcement officer, end of quote. The report also says the exterior door that the gunman used to enter the school had been propped open by a rock that a teacher put there who then closed it before the gunman came in, but it didn't lock properly, and the teacher did not check to see if it locked properly. teacher also did not appear to have the proper equipment to lock the door, even if it had checked it. Port also said officers did not properly engage the shooter. They lost momentum. Ideally, officers would have placed accurate return fire on the attacker when the attacker began shooting at them, maintaining position or even pushing forward to a better spot to deliver. See, that's the thing. You don't go into fallback mode. You don't go into retreat. You go into active. Here I come, baby. I'm coming. When the officers finally entered the classroom at 1250, according to the report, more than an hour after the shooting began, they were no better equipped to confront the gunman than they were an hour and a half before. They went in and confronted the gunman with the exact same equipment that they had had while they were sitting out in the hallway for more than an hour. Now the Texas House Committee has filed notice for deposition from the Uvalde County Sheriff. His name is Ruben Nolasco. He has refused to testify. Should he comply? The afternoon of July 11th is when he is set to appear, should he comply. But so far, he has refused to testify. And, of course, the mayor of Uvalde, CYA, CYA Don McLaughlin, that's, what, that's his name, Don McLaughlin, who is a CYA, says this is all on the DPS. This is the DPS's fault. He won't even talk about his officers or the school officers that were there in the hallway for over an hour that were equipped the same way they were when they went in. They won't talk about the officer who encountered the guy outside and instead of shooting the guy, decided to ask for permission to shoot the guy. Won't talk about the officer who sped past the guy while the guy was crouching out in the parking lot. There's your report, folks. 210-599-5555. I read the entire thing this morning. And it's inexcusable. It's inexcusable. What we see hap what happened there on that day, you cannot make an excuse for any of it. And the officers knew that. One of those officers gave an exclusive interview to people. And that officer said, basically, what are we waiting for? Why are we out here? There's children dying in there. He said there was almost a mutiny. We were like, there's a blanking gunman in the school. We hear the gunshots, and we're just going to stand here with our thumbs up our asses? That's what he said. That's exactly what they did for more than an hour while children were being shot in that classroom. They stood there with their thumbs secured right there. What do you think? 210-599-5555, Trey Ware, KTSA. Hey, it's news with Trey Ware. It ain't over till it's over. And I just want to say good morning to the guy in the red truck yesterday. I was out on Betty, and we were stopped waiting for the funeral procession to proceed on by. And I hear... Hey, is that you, Trey Ware? Trey Ware, is that you? 
And I look up and I wave. I get a peace sign. You know, I always get a peace sign. The guy said, thank you for your show. Thank you for what you do, man. Stay after him. And I said, I will, brother, and thank you very much for the encouragement. So I appreciate that. That's, uh, I ran into a guy at Lowe's not that long ago said the exact same thing. I'm trying, man. Boris Johnson stepping down. Boris Johnson is stepping down. So bye-bye, Boris. See ya. All right, so a petroleum uh, analysis from Gas Buddy. They've done a simple calculation here. And they have figured out that every year, year after year, price changed gasoline in the United States going back to 2002. That's 20 years. They found this from November 2020 to November 2021. That would be the first year of Joe Biden's presidency from his election. to uh, Gas prices in the U.S. went up by, by more than 66% in one year. Wow. That was before Russia invaded Ukraine. So why did it happen? Well, Joe Biden on the campaign trail, he told us he was going to do it. He was going to end fossil fuels. I think we have a collection of, of sound bites. So let's, let's run the collection there. No more drilling on federal lands. No more drilling, including offshore. No ability for the oil industry to continue to drill, period. Would there be any place for fossil fuels, including coal and fracking, in the Biden administration? No, we would, be, we, would, we would work it out. We would make sure it's eliminated. I guarantee you, we're going to end fossil fuel. What about, say, stopping fracking and stopping yeah. pipeline infrastructure? There's no question I'm in favor of banning fracking. No more, no new fracking. We are going to get rid of fossil fuels. Have a transition from the oil industry, yes. So Joe canceled, he went about canceling pipelines. He terminated oil and gas leases. He rejoined the Paris Climate Agreement without telling anybody why. If the climate is in such crisis, then why is China and India using more fossil fuels than they did 10 and 20 years ago? And nobody brings that up, do they? Joe Biden pumped trillions more into the U.S. economy, devaluing the U.S. dollar, making everything, everything more expensive. Joe Biden did that. That's all true, and it's all done on purpose. It was done to change our energy supply from the cheap, efficient source that we've had forever and the source, by the way, of all of our wealth to something that the Biden donors control and that the Biden family controls, and that's green energy. Remember, 10% off the top for the big guy. In late March, Biden did the worst thing that's been done since becoming president. He started to sell off the country's most important natural resource, the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. What he could have done and what he should have done is produce more oil domestically, but that would have been too easy and too good for us. So he did something so crazy and so dangerous, only someone who was intentionally trying to harm the United States would even consider, and that is a million barrels a day out of our strategic petroleum reserve. The whole point, the Biden presidency, is to humiliate the United States of America. Barack Obama, Susan Rice, Ron Klain, they're all laughing at it. Releasing a million barrels a day for a total of more than 180 million barrels from the st a strategic petroleum reserve. We have those in caverns in a couple of states, by the way. In context, the reserve can hold more than 700 million barrels total, but it didn't have that because Congress, Congress has been selling it off to pay off debt. So by the time Joe Biden got there, there was far less. There was about 568 million barrels. No president in American history has ever ordered a drawdown this large. In 1991, the beginning of Operation Desert Storm, 17 million barrels. 
when Katrina hit 20 million barrels. Remember when you couldn't get gas? But now Joe Biden is releasing many times that figure. Of course, trying to get votes before November. It's unbelievably reckless. It's criminal. Our oil reserves now are at their lowest level in 40 years and dropping fast every day. I told you yesterday, turns out it isn't being released for us. It's going to India and China, where the Biden family has had strong business ties and connections for years. According to Reuters, more than 5 million barrels of oil, part of a historic U.S. emergency reserve released to lower domestic fuel prices exported to Europe and Asia last month. So as the gas prices here set records in America, as you and I, people who are born here, people who vote, people who pay our taxes, cannot afford to buy fuel for our own cars and trucks, the Biden administration is selling off our emergency oil reserves to China. Should be indictable, certainly impeachable. They don't even need it. China and India already have access to very cheap oil from Russia. They're buying all that oil from Russia that we once were buying, and we're not buying it anymore. According to customs data, China spent $19 billion on Russian oil, gas, and coal earlier this year, double the amount they spent over the same time last year. India spent $5 billion on Russian oil, five times more than they spent a year ago. So uh, Joe Biden has made Russia very, very rich. And by selling off our own most valuable asset, watching Russia and India and China get richer, on top of all that cheap Russian oil, China is getting petroleum from our emergency petroleum reserves. And the crude, by the way, it's, it's medium sour crude. It's the easiest to, to, to refine and get to the market. So he's giving away to a government whose whole goal is to get rid of us and by the way, they will be cruel masters. They don't like us. They're not like us at all. Now, if you had a real Congress, they would be investigating this. Remember, the last president was impeached for having a telephone call with a corrupt Ukrainian politician. But they can't be bothered. It's all about January 6th. I listen to ABC every morning when I come in, and that guy who does our overnight ABC, that's the most important story to that man. They're trying to ban your guns and make sure we don't find out about Hunter. This is not a mistake, folks. It's intentional. And he's attacking small businesses in the United States. He's attacking the United States in and of itself. Our oil being taken out of our strategic reserves and going to China. Now, his spokesperson was asked about this two days ago. She said, I'll get back with you with an answer. That was two days ago. Still no answer as to why our oil is coming out of our strategic petroleum reserves and going to China. My guess is it has something to do with the family, the family biz. My guess is, just in my mind, and this is the opinion I'm going to hold until they prove it differently, it's, it's an administration that's right in the middle of treasonous activity. They're putting the United States of America in danger by doing this. Back in just a minute, Trey Ware, KTSA. Yo, maybe you can make uh, I 
you know, hide their hair. I don't, I don't know, tails, tails of the heads. I don't know. However you put it, maybe you can make any sense out of um, encountering a gunman on a schoolyard who has already fired his weapon and not shooting a guy. Come on. Tell me about this, 210-599-5555. That is the report. I read it to you last hour. I spent the night going through about seven inches deep of papers, highlighting and reading the, all this information. So I, I'm curious, um, who can justify this? Who can make this make any sense whatsoever? That before he even got into Rob Elementary School, and, and man... What a mess they are down there. The mayor, no, it's a DPS involved. DPS, pointing fingers everywhere. What a screwed up bunch of mess. And uh, so you, you you had two police officers who had their chance before the dude ever stepped into school. He's already discharged his weapon. So with that, he bought a ticket to hell, an express ticket to hell. He's already fired a weapon there on school grounds. Boom. Boom is the next sound he ought to hear, or actually the final sound he ought to hear. And yet, yet they had a scope on him. They were ready to pull the trigger. Hey, do you mind if I pull the trigger? I just had a friend of mine. I call him son. He's a fireman. He just said that'd be like us showing up at a house, or you can take this to a school, on fire. With children inside screaming because they're burning to death. And they got the fire hoses. They're ready to put water on it, but they're asking for permission. Or, worse yet, they're just standing in the hallway without putting fire on the school. I mean, putting water on the school. There is no way anybody can make sense. I'm not going to get any calls because nobody can make sense of this. When this first started, and I was critical of what happened down there, I'd get a couple of phone calls. You just don't know Pete Arredondo. He's a great guy. You don't know so-and-so. You don't know this. You don't know. No, I guess I don't. I just study my ass off to do this every day. I dig, and I dig, and I dig, so I know what's going on. There's no excuse for how this happened, and this report confirmed everything that I said from the very beginning. This report right here that I just read in the last half hour to you confirms everything I said from the very beginning. They had every opportunity in the world. They didn't even try the door. Didn't even try. They stood there, as one of the cops said, one of the cops said we had our thumbs up our asses. They stood there, thumbs secured in that location, and didn't do squat for over an hour. And when they did do squat, guess what? They weren't any better equipped than than at the beginning of the thing. And the report said they are specifically trained, and these guys had been specifically trained that week, specifically trained that you take the offensive position, not the defensive position. You do not retreat when there are children's lives on the line. When it's a mass shooter, you do not retreat. You're a cop. You become a killer at that point. You go get them. But, my God, they could have done it out in the parking lot. They could have done it in the parking lot. Could have had him right out there in the parking lot. And they had a bead drawn on a dude and did not end his life. It's just unfathomable to me. I don't get it. TJ, go ahead, man. You're on the air. Trey, weeks ago when this information first started to come out, where they hesitated, where they didn't go in, where they didn't do what they were supposed to do, we talked about this. 40 years in law enforcement, it started in the early 80s. I was trained by beat officers who walked the beat. 
They didn't have a radio. They didn't even communicate. They had a call box. And it was, as you say, you go get them. It's your watch. It's your beat. You're responsible. But over 40 years of watching this, that culture of police officers taking charge and doing what they're supposed to has been basically changed by putting a leash on them by their management. Oh, sure. And the management has put a police on them sure. by their lawyers, city governments. Yep. But small towns are even worse because they're even more tightly controlled. To ask permission to shoot an active shooter in a schoolyard with a rifle is just it's part of the culture. I know you say, well, why didn't he? And, and as much as I want to, to, to defend that officer himself, it's a culture, and, and with the Black Lives Matter and all the, the defunding and coming down, on, it's getting worse. Oh, it's I understand. It's going to get worse. I, no, listen, man, I understand. I, I, I get it because the Democrats in this country would defund the police, and li- I've said this many times. There is a female police officer who is in jail right now. She made a mistake. She, pulled her ta- she meant to pull her taser, and she pulled her service weapon and killed a guy, and she's in prison right now, and none of these other folks want to go there. What I've been saying all along, TJ, is I personally cannot fathom sitting there and, and allowing children. Now, even after look let's 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 go by the guy out in the yard and he's in the classroom now and you're cowering in the corner of the of the hallway listening to children be shot you want to tell me that that has anything to do with attorneys are you kidding me that has nothing to do with attorneys that has to do with some guys who didn't want to get shot themselves that's what that was they didn't want to get shot it's, it's the culture of control and they're being controlled, and they should be given the leash, turn loose, you go get them, and it's not happening. And I, I, I hear you when you say there was almost a mutiny. I have not read the report. I'm waiting to, to get off work later today and go through that page by page because I've, I've been involved in that training. I've taken it three times. I've helped give it. So I want to see what this report says about what they did and why they didn't follow the training. Well, I, that I read it to you in the last half had. hour. I, I read it to you in the last half hour, and the report says I they totally it. screwed this thing up. They should have done what we said at the very beginning. They should have taken an offensive position and gone in there, period, full stop. And that's how, that's well, how it should have been done. But, but look, they're too, uh, for, for whatever reason, political correctness or whatever they're trying to do, they're afraid of getting shot themselves. I don't know. I, it, but it's inexcusable. It's unfathomable to me. And now the it's finger the pointing of control. Well, it could be, but the finger pointing makes it even worse. Now you got a mayor down there who will not accept any responsibility. This is everybody else's fault. All right, thanks, TJ. I appreciate the call. So it's control of oil that we're talking about right now. Joe Biden is giving away our strategic petroleum reserves. He has not allowed any more drilling in America. So now we are dependent upon OPEC once again, like we were in the 1970s. Here we go again. This is what the Russian-Ukrainian war is about, folks. Wars for the past 200 years and longer have been fought over oil. The Ukrainian situation is about Russian oil. Who's going to control the Russian oil? Is it going to be Vladimir Putin, or is it going to be these international liberal world order actors behind the scenes? Who's going to control the oil right now? It's controlled by Vladimir Putin. But these other guys, they want control of the oil because if they control the oil, they can drive the prices up and force you out of your cars 
and, and, and to do what they want you to do. They can control you if they control the oil. That's what this Russian war with Ukraine is about. I find it very interesting. I don't know if you do or not. You can tell me, but I find it very interesting. But I woke up to the news this morning, and you didn't hear it. This is the first time you're going to hear this. OPEC Secretary General Mohamed Barkendo passed away yesterday at 63. Hours before his death, Barkendo had delivered a speech at an energy summit in Nigeria where he said the oil industry is under siege. <laughs> you believe in conspiracy theories? Do you think someone will now be put in charge of OPEC that works for the liberal world order? Would you like to bet a chicken fried steak? Back in a minute, Trey Ware, KTSA. Well, what you heard from the president was a clear articulation of the stakes. This is about the future of the liberal world order, and we have to stand firm. Ozark Mountain Daredevils, Jackie Blue. So, I just want to put a cap on this uh, Uvalde thing real quick here, and then we're going to move on to these other stories of the day. TJ is right. I, I, I got another email. Who did I get an email from just a couple of seconds ago? Is it Katie? Katie. Katie, Katie. Katie's right. TJ's right. You guys are right. 100% right. But this bull crap that we've been doing to put police over the past several years put them in a position where they're, you know, trigger shy. I don't know, I don't know, should I put a trigger, should I go in, should I put a trigger, should I go in, should I put a trigger, and kids die, kids die, so yep, put it right where it belongs, BLM, Democrat Party, put all the blame right where it belongs, because they have so gone after the police, they've gotten all squirreled up in their heads, that the police, they don't know if they can do their job or not, hell, I don't know, can I shoot the guy or not, I better call and ask somebody, so they can call the attorney, see what the attorney's got to say, the attorneys say it's okay. I don't know. Here's the offices of TJ. What do I say? You know, all that crap. They have to go through all of that before they can before they can save children's lives. It's a bunch of crapola, if you ask me. CPS customers, the bills jumped 25% in May from a year ago. Windfall for the city of San Antonio. Joe Biden has driven up the price of gas, and that's what they use. Natural gas, CPS customers paying $150 more for electric service in May. That's up $30 from the same month last year. It's delivering millions and millions more to the city of San Antonio in revenue. They've received $97 million in payments from CPS through May. CPS is now budgeting to pay the city $443 million. Remember, they went up on their rates. That's right. Back in March, they increased their rates. On top of that, CPS ratepayers are paying about a dollar extra each month for the big screw-up that Paula Gold Williams did that cost people their lives back in the snowstorm a couple of years ago. And we're having to pay off that debt as well. And all that money is making Ron and them rich downtown. Do you get any of it back? Nope. They say, nah, nope, 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 nope. The city's getting filthy rich right now off of you because that money's going through CPS to the city. $55 million more than they even expected. 
Do you think the city's going to do the right thing, which is to rebate that back to the people who are now having to turn off their electricity? Oh, yeah. The, the, the cutoff rates, the going into default rates are soaring right now because people cannot afford the AC to keep themselves cool. We're going to have a real hot weekend this weekend. We're going to be about 105. It's going to feel even hotter than that. we got a, a high pressure that's going to settle right over us. And that's why we're going to be so hot, 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 and and no relief from that till you know next week, and pe- and people are going to be running their AC systems like crazy uh, this weekend, just trying to stay alive, literally, not figuratively, but literally stay alive. And the city's the one that's getting rich. The city of San Antonio is making mega bucks. Don't you think? I mean. If we had true leadership at the city and the county, somebody who actually cared about the people instead of their own political future, how many gay crosswalks can I put up and how many Chick-fil-A's can I ban? If you actually had somebody who cared about the people, he would immediately begin to talk about rebating that money back to the citizens of San Antonio. Immediately. We're going to take that off your bill right now. We're not going to sit here and stuff our pockets full at the city of San Antonio with all this extra cash that's now flowing in. We're going to make sure that you are taken care of, citizens, because this is about you. It's not about us. But, no, you don't have that in downtown San Antonio. You have leadership down there that all they want to do is be on the Democrat radar so they can climb the Democrat ladder and get somewhere in Democrat politics. And to be able to do that, you got to screw the people over because that's what Democrats do. Two illegal aliens arrested in alleged mass shooting plot for the 4th of July. I'm going to tell you about that. That's coming up. Naked Hunter Biden filmed himself smoking drugs, drinking hard seltzer, and fondling himself while floating inside a sensory deprivation tank that his dad paid for. And more about the Highland Park uh, shooter. We got all that coming up for you as well. So stay close. It's Thursday. with Trey Ware, now on FM 1071. Why is there a voicemail of the president talking to his son about his overseas business dealings if the president has said he's never spoken to his son about his overseas business dealings? Well, first I'll say that uh, what the president said stands. So if he if that's what the president said, that, he, that is what stands. And second, secondly, but secondly, concerning secondly, business dealings, and he says... I think you're clear. How is that not him talking to his son about his overseas business dealings? We're not from this podium. I am not going to talk about alleged materials from the laptop. From that podium, you're not talking about squat. 608 now at KTSA. Good morning, San Antonio. Trey Ware. 210-599-5555. Let's dive in here because uh, lots going on this morning. In Virginia, two illegal aliens were allegedly plotting a mass shooting on the 4th of July. Now, coming up this morning at 635, Roy Boyd is going to join me. He's the county sheriff of Goliad County, and he's one of them. They are one of them that has declared the what's happening at the border a, an invasion, an actual invasion of our country. 
And I've been saying for as long as this has been going on, we have no idea who these folks are coming in here, right? We don't know. But they're just coming to make a better life. Yeah, and shoot and kill us. Make a better life by shooting and killing us. That's not how you make a better life. But what happened was a hero citizen overheard a conversation about the plot and immediately called police. All right, so it worked for a change. The duo had planned a mass shooting at Richmond's July 4th celebration. The gun laws do not work. Law enforcement officials seized two rifles and hundreds of rounds of ammunition, hundreds of rounds of ammo from a home in Richmond after police received the tip from the concerned citizen. Hey, I heard these guys talking about shooting this place up on the 4th of July. Cops go over there. They find the guns. They find hundreds of rounds of ammo. They are illegal aliens. In fact, they had been deported several times and continued to re-enter the country illegally. So just humor me with a couple of questions real quick here. Numero uno, <laughs> where and how did they get the weapons and the ammo? Somebody? Somebody help me. Where and how did two illegal aliens who are deported and continue to come back in, deported and continue to the turnstile, they just keep coming back and coming back and coming back. How and where did they get the weapons and the ammo to pull off a July 4th thing? Thank God to the citizen. Give that citizen a reward. How and where? That's number one. I mean, I'm, I'm going to start asking the question now. Are these, are these people, these kids, and these people like this, are they being supplied? Where is this coming from? Number two, obviously, the gun laws do not work. Two illegal aliens may not, under our laws, illegal aliens may not have weapons. It's against the law. So if gun laws worked, these guys wouldn't have guns. Now, would they? Now, let's go back to the other one from Highland Park. Mayor Nancy Rotering was on the readout on MSNBC. She's a far-left nut job. The mayor is from Highland Park. She called for national gun control laws to prevent anybody from going to Missouri or Indiana, picking up whatever they want and coming back to Illinois. See, what she's saying here is that the gun guy, <clears throat> this little twerp they have in jail now, that killed all those people up there on the 4th of July. He went to, he must have gone to Missouri and, and Illinois to get his gun. Because you can get guns there. You can't get them here. We don't have assault weapons. Assault weapons are not allowed. When you say assault weapons, they are 15 style. They're not allowed in Illinois. So he must have gone somewhere else. Nope. Try again, big fat mama. He bought them right there. Right there. And then she went on to talk about how Highland Park has an assault weapons ban. So let's talk about it, she said. We as a city passed our own assault weapons ban. Oh, it worked great, didn't it? Assault weapons ban working great there. Gun laws do not work. They don't work. The only people that gun laws prevent from having a gun are who? Law-abiding citizens. I've been saying that for 30 years here on this show. Authorities confirm the shooter legally purchased his weapon, having passing four background checks in the state of Illinois. 
who was able to purchase guns despite that the Highland Park Police Department flagged him as a clear and present danger in 2019 after he made threats against his family. How many? I mean, we went through that all yesterday. At the time, officers confiscated over a dozen knives before they returned those knives to his daddy the very same day. Oh, and we're going to talk about his daddy. You want to? His daddy, who ran for mayor up there and all that, who later sponsored his kid's application for the firearms owner ID card so he could buy his guns. Well, his dad is now saying, don't look at me. Everybody's looking at me. Why are you looking at me for? He said they talked about a mass shooting the night before. He shot up the parade on July 4th. On July 3rd, he said, yeah, he, we had to talk about it. And he claims he helped his mentally disturbed kid buy guns. And the, the night before the shooting, they were talking about the, the Dana shooting over in Copenhagen, I told you about. The dad sponsored the application three months after his son was labeled a clear and present danger. Would you do that? If your son was labeled a clear and present danger, are you going to help him buy guns? The incident led police to briefly confiscate a sword, dagger, and 15 knives from the shooter's home. Then they just returned them back to the dad. The dad said this. You're going to love this. Now listen. You're going to love this. The dad said, that was just a childish outburst, and the knives were just his collection. You know, like I used to collect coins and baseball cards. He collects knives and swords. This is a dad. How fast can we put cuffs on this dude? He said he decided to sponsor his son's firearm owner's identification card, allowing him to buy the AR-15 that he used in the attack, because I thought he's going to shooting range. Now, wait a minute. He's got a collection of knives, which you say is the same as baseball cards. You're, you're so stupid. It's the same as a collection of baseball cards. I, I thought he's going to shooting range. And then here's the dad in the CYA. He said he bought everything on his own. They're all registered to him. You know, he drove there. He ordered them. He picked them up. He did his own background check. I had zero involvement. They're making me look like I groomed him to do all this. I've been here my whole life. I'm going to stay here. I'm going to hold my head up high because I didn't do anything wrong. Oh, no, Pops. You did plenty wrong over the years. Why didn't you point out to anybody that your sicko kid had painted a mural on the side of the house, a gigantic mural, not a little bitty drawing. I'm talking about a gigantic mural on the side of the house with a character with a yellow happy face clutching a high-powered rifle, painted it on the house. Anybody think this guy was going to be a danger? Okay, let's put this together. You know, he says he's going to kill himself and everybody else. He's online posting all this crap, you know, doing these uh, rap videos, all this other crap that he's doing, which would lead you to believe he's got tats all over his head and everything else, which is a clear sign you don't like yourself very much because you're trying to hide yourself. All this stuff that's going on, right? He's by himself. His friends are going, this dude is a weirdo. He's smoking a lot of dope, a lot of dope all by himself. He's He, he has cut himself off from everybody else. And when he painted the, listen to this, when he painted the mural with the happy face and the gun on the side of the house, his father said, he's just expressing his art. It doesn't mean anything. He's just expressing his art. That's what his dad said. And then when you go online to this guy's account, the alleged shooter's account, again, 
isolated, smoking a lot of dope, all these other things going on, everything I just enumerated to you, and then posting pictures of his sex doll. Uh-huh. He would drive around in his Acura. He called it a P-word magnet, the car. And he had a sex doll named Sophie that would ride around in the car with him. A full-size one. I'm not talking, yeah, I'm talking about a full-size sex doll named Sophie, and he treated her as if she were alive. Hello, you're going to, you, your son <laughs> has been called a clear and present danger by the cops. He's saying he'll kill you and everybody else. He's painting murals on the side of the house of a guy with a gun. He's drawing stick figures, shooting people, and you say he's just expressing his art. He's collecting stuff like I collected baseball cards. He's not doing anything wrong. In fact, son, would you like to go buy some AR-15s? Don't look at me. I had nothing to do with this, said the dad. Oh, and he got a sex doll. And you know what happened to the sex doll? By the way, the sex doll's name was Sophie. Sophie. You know what happened to Sophie? Well, there's a picture online. Well, there was. It's been taken down now. Picture online. Sophie hung herself in the closet. The sex doll. There's a picture. He took a picture of Sophie hanging in the closet. Sophie killed herself. And yet, you going to take the boy over and get him a gun. All right, Pop. I think you need a serious talking to downtown. That's what I think. Quick break back in a minute, 210-599-5555. If your knees are hurting you and it's arthritis you've been living with and you want to get back to life, you want to get in this golf tournament we're talking about, KTSA, ESPN, all that golf tournament, I want you to see our friends at Arthritis Relief Centers of San Antonio. Arthritis Relief Centers of San Antonio will take great care of you Get a free no-obligation screening from the Arthritis Centers of San Antonio. These these injections are FDA-approved. Insurance covers them, and people are getting back to normal life. It's great. I mean, the pain that they've been living with, we all deal with arthritis pain at one time or the other, but what happens over time, as you deal with it and learn to deal with it, it increases over time, and the next thing you know, your mobility's basically gone, and you end up riding in a cart around Walmart or somewhere. You don't have to get that far. Our friends at Arthritis Relief Centers of San Antonio can help you out with these uh, gel injections. Let's find out if you are a, uh, a candidate for these gel injections. Just give them a call. It's a free, no-obligation screening. Tell them Trey Ware told you to call. Phone number at Arthritis Relief Centers of San Antonio is 210-944-4902. All right. Hot and dry in 100s all the way through the weekend. And prepare for a very, very hot weekend. 105 for the highs. 78 now at KTSA. Good morning. Hey, I just want to say uh, good morning to the guy in the in in red truck that uh, flagged me down yesterday. I was out riding Betty around a little bit, and we stopped for a funeral procession that was going by. And I, Trey, where's that too? Whoa, oh, 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 oh. And I look up, and it's a guy hanging out of his red truck, and he's waving. And thank you for your show, man. Give him hell. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate the encouragement. I'm going to keep giving him hell. Um... Let me talk about uh, Nelson Wolf for just a couple of seconds. I saw something a, a day or so ago that I didn't get a chance to address because all this shooting stuff is going on. He says that the minor league baseball team in San Antonio is going to yank out if we don't get a new stadium. Well, bye. I, I, now, no, I, I know what the deal is. He wants a new stadium to hang his name on. He, he loves naming stuff after himself. <laughs> you remember the Tinky train he wanted to build? 
You're going to be the Nelson Wolf Tinky Train. Got the Nelson Wolf Stadium. Got the Nelson Wolf this. Got the Nelson Wolf Corn Popper. I mean, he's like George Foreman. He, man, if it's our Shaq, <laughs> if it's got a spot for a name on it, he's going to put his name on it. Hey, look, it's the Nelson Wolf toilet paper. Anyway, um, yeah, he says the minor league baseball team in San Antonio may not stay if they don't get a new stadium. Well, then fine, Nelson, build them a stadium out of your own pocket. Or they can build a stadium out of their own pocket. But the people are tapped. And particularly, how about you call it the CPS Stadium? CPS is raking in gazillions of dollars and handing it over to the city of San Antonio while people are going into arrears with their electric bill. They can't afford electricity right now because CPS is charging way too much for the stuff. And the city's getting filthy rich, folks. $443 million more than they expected off of you right now because you're running your AC and they raise the rates and they're charging an extra buck because Paula Gold Williams screwed the thing up so bad and people died back during the snowstorm. They're charging you left and right. And, yep, the city is making all kinds of profit and they're not even discussing, not even bringing up, giving you that money back or not even taking it from you in the first place, which is what they should do. Hey, we're going to reduce your bills by this amount. The city, CPS should, let me put it this way. CPS should not be a for-profit entity. It should be a non-profit. And when I mean that, I mean it in its purest form. No profit whatsoever. You charge enough to make enough energy to send out to the houses and the businesses. That's it. No mas. That's the way it should be. But they charge so much that the city of San Antonio takes that money so they can do all their little pet projects around and buy votes with it. That's exactly why CPS is there. It's nothing more than a cash cow for the city of San Antonio. And you, right now, you're paying exorbitant fees. It's costing you so much money. People, they can't, they can't afford it anymore. They're going into arrears with CPS. Well, the city's getting stinking rich on all the profit, though. They're making tons of profit. And listen, I'm a for-profit guy, but not in this kind of deal. This is a public service nonprofit. Well, let's make it nonprofit. You charge enough to turn on the AC and no more. That's it. No more. But the city uses this, and, and, and what they do is they, they have to balance the budget so they maximize everything else and all these little other games and, and trickery they want to do. They know CPS is going to be there to cover it at the end of the year. But you're the one who's paying it. All that extra pelon they got on the back of that bill, that's nothing more than a tax increase. When they did the rate increase, that was a, tax, that was a city tax increase that they charged through CPS to you but all it was was a tax increase that one dollar additional they put on the bill because they screwed up during a snowstorm that's a tax increase for the next 25 years that's a tax increase all right quick break coming right back we're going to visit with sheriff uh, roy boyd from over in goliad county about the alien invasion that's going on as we speak i'm going to tell you about my friends over at window world that's martin bamba and his team we talk about the heat and how hot it is in 105 this weekend and how that's just dangerously hot 
If you want to be cool and comfortable and safe in your home and have some great-looking windows in your home, I want you to call my friends over at Window World. Window World, or you can go online to windowworldtx.com. That's windowworldtx.com. That's where you're going to find the number one home improvement window installation company in all of America with the lowest prices anywhere. It's called Volume Pricing. And that means you save thousands of dollars whether you're doing three windows or whether you're doing 33 windows. I don't know how many are in your home or how many you want to replace. You can do some now, some a little bit later, and some next year, whatever, however you want to budget it out. They have the industry-leading warranties, so many color options. You're going to be able to do whatever you want to make your home look however you want it to look, and then certified master installers to put it in there and stand behind it. How do I know? Because I did it. And Martin Bomba's team treated us so well and we have a high-quality product, and we love it. Our Window World windows are beautiful, and so will yours be. That's Window World, 210-767-0995. Can you- it's a 636, Trey Ware, 550 KTSA, FM 1071, Trey Ware page, KTSA.com. Okay, you know, lifelong boy here from San Antonio, and i got a lot of friends between here and the, and the border who have ranches and uh, other properties. And they've been telling me for years that this has been an out-of-control situation, but in particular since uh, since Joe Biden became president. Uh, I, I've told you that he can be impeached, easily impeached, over what he has done by erasing the sovereignty of the border. Of course, he's got a Democrat-friendly Congress, so that's not going to happen. But we have crime. We, uh, these guys that were caught, these uh, alleged guys who were going to take over and, and shoot up another place in Richmond, Virginia, on the 4th of July, uh, illegal aliens that keep coming in and out of the country. Where they got their guns and their ammo, I'd sure like to know that. But I get pictures from my rancher friends almost daily that show the destruction and the encounters that these guys are having on their own property in the United States of America because there is no border. I've called it an invasion for years. And now that these people are coming by the tens of thousands every month and they're carrying flags of other countries, then what do you call that if that's not an invasion? Well, it is an invasion, and now uh, there are several, and I told you this a couple of days ago, there are several counties throughout the state that are now officially calling it that, and Sheriff Roy Boyd is joining me now on the Stevens Roofing Newsmaker Hotline from Goliad County, and Sheriff, thank you for your time this morning, sir. Morning. Thank you for having me, sir. Talk to me about your situation there. Well, Goliad County, for those who don't know, is about three hours north on 59th from Laredo, we're about three and a half, four hours from uh, McAllen and Brownsville. Uh, well, we are, we're a rural county, about 7,400, and we have found ourselves, since uh, the Biden administration took over, we found ourselves battling the cartel coming through our jurisdiction, setting up stash sites, taking over uh, areas in, in rural Goliad County, setting up to stash illegal aliens, to strip stolen vehicles, and use it for the logistical transport of of tens and tens of thousands of illegal aliens through our jurisdiction. Sheriff, I was just going to say real quick, what you're telling us then, Sheriff, is that the the cartels are operating on this side of the border. Yes, sir. The cartels have have operational control within Texas. Yes, sir. Okay, go right ahead. Go right ahead with your thought. Just understand that Goliad is is a county of about 859 square miles, like a lot of the counties in South Texas. We only have 7,400 people in our county, and on any given day, we have one to two deputies working the streets for the entire county. So we are the only law enforcement agency within our jurisdiction, 
And so you can imagine what a burden that places at the local level on the sheriff's office trying to deal with this matter. Um, I, I hear from people, as I said in my intro, I hear from people all the time that are in the border communities, but even farther north in, in America, uh, saying that we basically don't have a border anymore, it's, it's unsafe, uh, the schools are overrun because we have to educate the children that come here, so you know, people uh, that are citizens who have children in the schools, they're not getting a proper education because the, school, the uh, classroom sizes are two and three times what they should be. Uh, many of these children do not speak English, and so it takes a lot of time to, to give them instruction. The emergency rooms are packed full because the people who come here, they don't have doctors to go see, obviously, so they're doctor is the emergency rooms and they're packed full so citizens uh, cannot get into the emergency rooms and then let's talk about the destruction on the on the property um, I'm sure you deal with because you're in a very rural area you deal with a lot of ranchers over in that area uh, and the fences that are being torn down and what's happening on the on the properties you're absolutely correct we had one site here in Goliad County uh, that we discovered three months after I took office last year and I went out with the Department of Homeland Security after we disrupted this cartel stash site, and we collected over 20 trash bags full of trash at one location. They absolutely destroy the property that they're on. They don't care. They're trespassing. They find locations that they know nobody is going to on a regular basis because they have their own insurgents within all of our communities. And so these individuals act as scouts for them and locate these places for them to use. And these are people that live amongst them. What um, you know? What we always hear is getting people in here, right? And they're just coming for a better life. That's the only reason they're coming here. But talk to us about the crime and the terrorists and terrorism as well. Well, I, I will tell you that I receive reports from the state of Texas and through different intelligence services. They're constantly looking for some terrorist who got into, into the state of Texas, and they don't know where they're at. And they're sending out bulletins saying, be aware, be on the lookout for this individual. A lot of them from the Middle East and from that, that section of the world are coming in on a constant basis. But let me explain real quick, just like what you said, people saying, oh, they're coming in for a better life. That's not quite how this is working. A lot of these people are being rounded up and being told that if they get here, that they'll be, they'll be allowed in because of the Biden administration. Now, the real fact is they have to pay their entire way up to Mexico to the cartels because the cartel has to also pay the Mexican government, which is extremely corrupt and extorts tons of money out of the cartels every year for this operation. What happens is these individuals enter into an agreement with the cartel. They get illegally snuck into the state of Texas. And then they get transported to Houston because most of them aren't getting that free bus ride from the government. The cartel is sneaking them around. They go to Houston. Once they get to Houston, they're told, oh, by the way, you owe another $10,000. And now they're slaves because who has $10,000 if you're coming from Honduras, El Salvador, or somewhere like that? They don't have it. So they wound up as slaves. And from there, the cartel moves them all around the United States because they have a network of, of slave trade throughout the U.S. And these individuals are kept in bondage, usually for about, from what I've seen, 8 to 13 years is what it takes them to buy their freedom. So what we're doing is we're importing a peon class that is in reality slaves living right here in the United States of America, and it's absolutely disgusting. Unbelievable. 
we, we've known this to be the case, and we know that right here in San Antonio, we're the crossroads because we've got 35 that way and I-10 this way, and we have people come through here. This this, this incident that happened here last week with all the, the, the ones in the truck that died, that's that's happening right now. I mean, they're passing up and down I-35, not, ten, not uh, you know, uh, 100 yards from where I stand right now, and those trucks are going up and down I-35 jam-packed with these people, not only in, in box trucks like that, but also in belly dumps and, and everything else. I mean, it's absolute chaos, and it's being done on purpose, Sheriff. This is being done, and, and the way I have put it is the Biden administration is involved in human smuggling. They are the last leg to the human smuggling operation. They are aiding and abetting a human smuggling operation, which ends up, as you just said, in human trafficking and slavery. You're absolutely correct. I have friends who've retired from the Border Patrol in recent years, and that's exactly what they tell me. They said, I have enough time in. I'm tired of being the last logistical leg on the cartel slave trade. They're tired of of the government. They did it under Obama. They're doing it again under Biden. They're tired of, of riding in 747 jets all over the United States, delivering women and children to their masters in these other cities because the cartel has strongholds. Houston is the distribution center for the slave trade in the United States as far as the eastern United States. Then they also have they have uh, uh, Atlanta is the next large, really large distribution center. And from there, they send these people out to Chicago. They send them out to New York. And the Border Patrol were tired of basically escorting slaves to their masters. And, of course, just like under the Obama administration, they would say, we're reuniting them with their families. Border Patrol would tell me. We were sending them to people they had never met. They had no idea who these people were. All they knew was they were they had to go and pay off their debt, and the U.S. government was delivering the slaves to these people. There is no people- way that that the Biden administration and Alejandro Mayorkas and all the way up to Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, the border czar, ha-ha, there's no way they don't know that this is going on. That's an impossibility. They, of course, know this is happening. Yes, they know it's happening. It's a transition of, of the United States from a free republic to a Marxist state. That's all part of it. We're going to absolutely secure one-party rule. We may look like, just like Mexico, people believe that Mexico is a republic. Mexico is really a communist state. Uh-huh. It just tends to be a republic, and that's exactly what we're mimicking right now. Yeah. We're doing like many other countries that have transitioned to a Marxist model. We're going to pretend to be the People's Republic of America like the People's Republic of China, but we're actually going to be something completely different. We put, we're gonna we're working on putting on a facade while doing away with freedom. Thank you, Sheriff. Um, we're going to continue to be in touch with you and uh, and follow this very closely, Sheriff Roy Boyd from Goliad County, joining me here on KTSa. And now you got it straight from the horse's mouth as to what, uh, what what's happening. Uh, it's a horrible situation. It ends in human slavery and human smuggling. And, uh, and and the Biden administration not only is aware of it, but is participating in this, in my view. All right, got to take a quick break. More coming up. Trey Ware, KTSA, for Stevens Roofing. It's Stevens Roofing. They are proud to be your local roofer. San Antonio roofer. Stevens Roofing is on top of it all the time. 
They're proud to serve everybody in our area. They're from San Antonio. They grew up in San Antonio. They're licensed by the city of San Antonio. They do commercial or residential metal or composition. They give you free estimates, and they offer financing as well. Of course, they're going to work with your insurance company to make sure that you get everything back from your insurance company that you need to get back, and they stand behind their work at Stevens Roofing. They guarantee their work in writing, as a matter of fact. So you know you've got the best of the best when it comes to your roof. Your roof covers your home and your family. Make sure your roof is safe and secure at all times. Stevens Roofing, they have your family covered at 210-785-0994. You would, BJ. Okay. All right. What time is it? 6.52 already? All right. We're at Ryman coming up uh, right at uh, 7 o'clock. Uh, my grandfather, World War II Navy man, he had the big forearms with the anchor on it, Don, like yours, you know? Had a big old anchor on his forearm. I called him Popeye because that's what he looked like, but he didn't have a Popeye. He just had the big arms. I don't know how he'd feel about this, but apparently Popeye is transgender. Took us 100 years to find this out. Popeye came into existence in 1929 getting a woke makeover now from cartoonist randall milholland saying that popeye is gender fluid that's right popeye is gender fluid when you think back about it said i want to bring more characters who aren't heterosexual we have way too many white men that are heterosexual he said i don't live in that purely straight white world and i don't think a lot of other people do either so in one of the strip's biggest changes, Olive Oil's sister-in-law, Celinda Oil, is now Afro-Latina. Celinda <laughs> has traditionally been portrayed as a white woman with dark bobbed hair, but not anymore. Celinda is, is, is Afro-Latina. Now, he says that Popeye was gender fluid all along. If you remember, Popeye once met an orphan girl who didn't have a mother. So Popeye dressed up as a woman and said, I'm your mom. I'm your mom now. And Milholland says it's not a joke. It's not a joke, champ. It's Popeye being the kind of character he originally was. Someone who would uh, do whatever he could for somebody down on their luck like an orphan. And so Popeye, because he put on a dress one time in a cartoon, Popeye is gender fluid. Popeye goes back and forth. Hi, 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 hi. All right. I got to. You know what? No, really, really. This is the end of the world. No, I'm not kidding you. I'm not joking. The world is coming to a rapid close. Popeye is queer. All right. Here's another one for you. Naked Hunter Biden filmed himself smoking drugs, drinking hard seltzer. <laughs> yeah, Hunter's such a man, he was drinking White Claw. <laughs> what a man. 
and fondling himself while floating inside a sensory deprivation tank one month after he convinced his dad to wire him 20k for detox hey dad i'm in detox let's see here his dad gave him a hundred grand to go float in blue water he's bathed in trippy green light floating naked on his back and fondling yes right while sipping white claw and smoking a crack pipe taking several hits staring wild-eyed into the camera he had convinced pop dear old dad to send him a hundred grand to put him in uh, rehab but instead of spending it on rehab he spent it on the drugs and the float with himself apparently at his therapist's behest hunter underwent ketamine infusion therapy hunter also referenced his ketamine regimen to a female friend he said that's good baby and what does it do Let's get freaky tonight on the webcam, baby. Can't change a spot. Hunter made it abundantly clear who was funding his unconventional treatments, writing, by the way, my dad's paying for whatever I need. Wait a minute now. I thought Joe don't know. Despite his repeated denials, Joe Biden did talk to his son about all this mess and all his business deals and so on and so forth. And we know that to be a fact. Joe's just an out-and-out -out liar. This is a, a corrupt family from the bottom to the very top, and that corruption is now living out in the White House. Again, my favorite game with you whenever a story like this comes up. Just change the name from Hunter Biden to Don Trump Jr. and see what the media would be doing with that one. All right, where and Rima coming up for you next. Got a lot to get into today. So stand by, America. 550 KTSA and FM 1071.